You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's a Thanksgiving day, and unlike the way that God intended, we're sitting here talking about football. In other years, I might be happier to talk about football, but I would say this, Bart Gregory, as we begin our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Somebody asked me today, they said, are you thankful? I said, I am. The degree to which, however, I do not yet know. I will know how thankful I am around 1030 this evening would be my best guess. And perhaps... I'm a little doom and gloom going into this one, but we've seen strange things happen in this game. We've seen underdogs win. I would just say this. If we are to win tonight, we're going to need some things to go our way. Fair or unfair? I think that is very fair, and I'm trying to think back to the last time that we were this big of an underdog in this game. It's been a long time, and – I was trying to rack my brain just to come up with it. I don't know if we were this big of an underdog in 2008 when we ended up losing 45 to nothing. So that's, um, you know, Ole Miss has been a big underdog in this series. You know, it's really interesting, Charlie, when you look back at going to campus, we talked about this yesterday. I thought one of the biggest things about this rivalry was moving it back to campus in 1991. And so you've had 32 games in the series history since that time. We've won 17 Ole Miss has won 15. And there have been a few years in there where the team that didn't expect to win won, maybe. It may be won by a little bit. Last year may have been one of those years. But this year, I don't recall a time where you've got to have so many different things go right than we've got to have tonight. One of the things it seems to me, I was thinking this morning, what is the path to a victory for Mississippi State look like? And I can't get away from the idea that it has to involve throwing the football and having success doing it. I just do not see us coming out and going ground heavy and winning this game. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like a day where, in addition to having some things go right, and what I mean by things go right, some turnovers have got to break your way, some big big plays in the special teams. But it seems to me that this is a game where you have to have some big plays on offense, and I get it. You know, we had the big run from Pittman last week, but I just don't feel like we're that explosive on the ground typically. And to be fair, we haven't been in the air either. But it just feels like this is a game where we need some big plays in the passing game. And I I wonder, one, do you see it that way? And, two, if you do, what are the chances that Kevin Barbet here in this week goes away from what he's been? Well, I may disagree with you just a little bit because, you know, Ole Miss has been a team that has been susceptible to the run game. I mean, especially over the last three, four weeks, they have not defended the run very well at all. And it may be because of some injuries up front. And, you know, if we're going to run the football, I think we have to have the ability to be a little bit multidimensional. And I think Will Rogers – you know, just the ability to run the ball may open things up for him. All right, now I will say this, and I'm about to use my maroon-colored glasses here, Charlie, because sometimes I am not glass half full, but I'm going to give you the glass half full right here. 
in sports, a lot of times you believe in matchups. How does a team match up? And you wonder why one team beats another team and then loses to another team. It may be because they have good guards in basketball and they got great shooters, but they can't really do very good against a man-to-man, but they play the matchup zone and they all of a sudden hit a bunch of threes. It's just about the matchup. When I look at this game, and I think back to last year, this is a, actually a decent matchup for us. Now, before you say, Bart, you're crazy, this is actually a decent matchup for us with our defense against Ole Miss's offense at the line of scrimmage. And here's the reason I say that. The edges are the weakness in the 3-3-5. That's where our weaknesses have been this year at stopping the run. But Ole Miss is a team, they rely so much on the interior zone reads. You know, 60% of Judkins' runs this year have been between the B gaps. 124 of his 208 carries have been inside, have been the guard or inside this year. So they're not a type of team that attacks the edges like we've seen some teams do. Now, the other thing about this, too, is Jackson Dart has not been near as good this year against the Blitz. And teams have only blitzed him 33% of the time. We're going to blitz him a lot more tonight. We've got some really good linebackers. Now, where you do worry is Ole Miss has been very good against quarter secondary. And what you mean by quarters, when you have two deep and you've got pretty much got four guys playing deep quadrants of the field. And that's what we play in the 3-3-5. And Ole Miss and Jackson Dart, they have been very good in that quarters defense. And so there are some matchups that I actually like in this game. But, you know, I think that the biggest thing, though, is what's going to be more important. Is it our defense stopping their offense or is it our offense against their defense? Well, I think to some degree it's our offense against their defense because I don't see us stopping Ole Miss we're not going to win a 7-3 ball game. This isn't going to be Arkansas. They're going to get their points up there, and whether that number is 28 or 48, I think is the range that you're playing in. And so the question then becomes, what can you do? Ole Miss as a team, I get it. You can look and say, well, they don't block it that well. But here's what they do. They're really good in the fourth quarter with a, in a tight ball game. I think if you look at the difference in this team and some of the others they've had, they have won close ball games. Of course, they've won a lot of ball games. The only two they've dropped are a two-touchdown game to Alabama and the big loss to Georgia. But I went and looked at their fourth-quarter numbers on offense. They score on 56% of their drives in the fourth quarter. We score on 13%. They are first in the league in touchdowns in the fourth quarter in SEC games. We are last. And so if you accept the premise that this is a team in Ole Miss that's going to be good in the fourth quarter, that it is a team that is going to put up their points, then ultimately it's going to fall on us. And I hate to say this because we're not equipped to it. It just feels to me like it's going to turn us into having to have a more explosive offense today or or having a day where Jackson Dart just throws it to the wrong color jerseys. And then you start to say, well, what are the odds of that happening? We haven't had a lot of balls thrown to us outside of the Arizona game. Our corners haven't picked off a pass. So, I don't know. I I feel like our offense is going to have a lot of pressure on it today, not just to pick up first downs, but to score. 
Oh, yeah, I agree with that. And I was actually going to go with the first quarter and talk about what they do in the first quarter because I think in the in the bookends of the game, they are really, really good. The first quarter and then the fourth quarter. But along that, you know, that stat line you just talked about, about the, the touchdowns and the ability to win late, you look at the games they've been able to do that, and they've been home games. They beat LSU at the very end. They beat Arkansas at the very end. They beat Texas A&M at the very end. All three of those games were at home. Look how they played on the road. Of course, Georgia, they didn't play that well. They were getting blown out. Against Auburn, they did okay in the fourth quarter. Not great. At Alabama, that was one of the only two games this year they didn't rush for 100 yards. And, oh, by the way, the only other game they didn't rush for 100 yards was against Tulane on the road in the second week of the season. Here's the thing about them in the first quarter. Ole Miss is like that team, you know, when you start talking about boxers and different way that you box. Do you sit there and do you come out and get a feel for the opponent and then in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, that's when you start trying to make your move? Or do you come out in the first round and try to land the haymaker? This is the team that likes to land the haymaker early. Charlie, they have a touchdown in every single game in the first quarter this year. They had the first drive against Mercer. They had the first drive against Tulane, the second drive against Georgia Tech, the second drive against Alabama, the first drive against LSU. Now, it was the third drive against Arkansas. They missed a field goal on their second drive, but they made a field goal and then scored a touchdown on their third drive. Opening drives against Auburn and Vanderbilt, second drive against A&M, first drive against Georgia, and then last week they scored in their third drive, which was probably their worst start of the season against Louisiana Monroe. So they scripted. I'll give Lane Kiffin credit here. They come out and they script their first quarter as good as anybody in the country, and they try to land that haymaker and how you react to that. They are going to – hey, it's 95% certain they're going to score a touchdown tonight in the first quarter. And how do you react to that? It's going to be the biggest key. Ole Miss in SEC games leads the league in plays per game. They run a lot of offensive plays. We, meanwhile, are the opposite. We are at the bottom end of plays per game within the league. Granted, I just said we need some big plays in the passing game. I'm not saying we go Air Coriel here or anything. But is is the, obviously we know that's the style they want to run. They want to run a lot of plays because they've dictated the tempo in a lot of games they've played. I can't figure out if we want to be slow or we just don't get a chance to run that many plays because we have to punt it away so often. How much do you place on the idea of pace of play today? I don't know about pace of play. And, and what I'm about to say is I wouldn't be surprised to see us use – somewhat of the same philosophy that we've used in the last three years under Mike Leach. And, hey, listen, I'm not talking about going to the air raid. I'm not, that, that ship has sailed, and this is not that air raid offense. But I see more of a ball controls type of style for State tonight. I see short passing game. Because let me tell you, Ole Miss, when you start looking, their linebackers are pretty good against the run. But Ole Miss has not been very good uh, around 10 yards out, 10 yards in, and in the middle of the field on crossing routes and hitches. And what does Will Rogers throw well? He can throw the heck out of a crossing route, and he can throw the heck out of a hitch. So what is that? That's a six- and seven-yard pass. And so I see us try to dink and dunk them to death tonight. Well, a positive step for us would be that our receivers not run into each other, particularly having three and within about two yards of each other at given times. But I'll let that go. Um, Hey, by the way, we are in the Farm Bureau studios. Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They have agents in all 82 
of Mississippi's counties. You'll see a bunch of them here on campus today. And uh, look for the guys wearing maroon. They're our particularly favorite guys at Farm Bureau. Whatever your insurance needs, whether it's home, life, auto, whatever you need, give Farm Bureau a call. And we are in the Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus, Bart, you like to talk about the Saney excavators, the equipment for the foresters. You've got construction. I want to know, did you get your mulching done? Yes, I got my trails blazed, and it was done by a mulcher. And let me tell you something, it looks fantastic. I went around the extreme areas of my of my property, and uh, right along the fence line, we're going to replace some fencing. And the, they brought in one of those Saney mini excavators with a mulching head on it, created some trails. Man, it feels like a state park around this place. And so you can, that's the great thing about Tracks Plus. You can rent now. You can, for the weekend warriors out there, you can find a, a contractor that uses the Saney excavators and mini excavators and the uh, the mulching heads and things like that. And that's what I did. I found a guy that I knew a guy that, that uses Saney uh, skid steer with a mulching head on it. And so, man, Tracks Plus, they continue to grow. Just a great Mississippi company. It means more to them. They're still a small company where every sale means a lot. But, hey, the rental business in today's world, you don't have to buy something. You don't have to have it you know, under your shed for eight months out of the year. You can just get it for a weekend or get it for two weeks, and, man, you can really make your property look really good. Charlie, you need to come down here and walk the trails with me, man. We, I literally have about four miles worth of trails that we cut the other day. I'll tell you what, don't wait on me, but go ahead and get started. I'll try to catch up with you somewhere in the middle. Um, all right, hey, talk to me about this ball game in terms of Quinshawn Judkins. Obviously, he's been a big story at Ole Miss. I dug in his numbers a little bit, and here's what was interesting. And they make a big deal out of this. About 75% of his yards come after contact. That's the good news. The bad news is they're not always getting him terribly far away down the field before contact comes. It's a, it's interesting. He is one of the best rushers in the SEC. He's one of the best guys at picking up first downs in the SEC. And in SEC games, though, he also has the most negative carries, most carries for loss of any player in the SEC. How, what do you make of that? What is, what's the, what is the issue there? Is that is it, hey, like you talked about earlier, we're trying to run the ball up the middle, and because of that you're just going to get stuff now and then? Is it bad offensive line play, and he's an exceptionally good back of turning nothing into something? Or is it a little bit of all the above? I think it's a little of all the above. I don't think their offensive line is that great. And i tell you what I think also plays into this too. You know, Bentley is a good running back. And when Bentley runs the ball, he's a backup. When Bentley runs the ball, he's either a gap or outside. He's not, <laughs> he's not going to run tackle. He's not going to run much on guard. He's like up the middle or he's around the end. The thing you have to remember about Jenkins, and let me tell you this: I like Quinshawn Jenkins a lot. I mean, I think he is a great running back. He is a great player. I mean, exceptional player. But the thing when you look back at last year, they had Zach Evans as well, the transfer from TCU. And so you had fresh legs probably more last year. Teams are, and, and Zach Evans was a completely different running back, even though they were similar in style, but they were completely different in the way they ran the football. And so Jenkins this year has been the primary guy. I think teams can just scheme and, and get a better look 
at him. And you think back to last year, I go back to the point of, you know, inside zone read. That's where he is really, really good is that inside zone read. And some teams that plays into their, you know, into their forte on the defensive side. It should for us. I mean, that is the style of play that we have been able to stop this year, and we were able to stop it last year in the the, uh, battle for the golden egg. And let me tell you something. If I say egg bowl, Charlie, I meant that, and I did not mean mean to do that at all. But in the battle for the golden egg last year, we did a pretty good job against Judkins. But um, I think the offensive line play has not been great. They've had some injuries along that front line. But I think Zach Evans – was a very good complimentary back to him last year. So I think next year we'll probably get back to our two players who can smoke you, brought to you by two brothers. And I'm going to diverge because you just mentioned somebody who I was going to mention is one of my two brothers, two guys who can smoke you. Check them out in the Cotton District. They have tacos. They have sliders. They have wings. They have great hamburgers. They got all kinds of things. And, man, it's a great place to people watch and to – See a, a college-age side of Startville. Once uh, the darker the night falls, the more college students start to get around. If you want to watch, be a part of a fun atmosphere in Startville, Two Brothers is the place to be. But you know the guy that I was going to mention is one of my two players who could smoke you had we been doing that today, is Bentley. You look at what I always go back to is say, all right, who is getting the carries when it matters? And so I went and I narrowed down Ole Miss's rushing performances. And I went first to SEC games. Then I isolated it to the fourth quarter. And then I isolated it further to one-score games. So they were either within a touchdown or up a touchdown. In those situations, Judkins has 21 carries. Bentley has 12. Judkins, on average, about half a yard more per carry than Bentley. He's look, he's a better back. Let's not mistake this. But Judkins has significantly more negative carries. Bentley only one. And so you you wonder if actually let me take that back. In that scenario, he has no negative plays, whereas Judkins has four. So four or five, actually. So then the question becomes, you know, a lot of times you look for a guy who can be explosive. Sometimes, though, in those ball games when you're up a touchdown, you just want to grind it out. You just don't want things to go backwards. And you wonder if Bentley, although not Judkins, is sometimes a good change of pace in the fourth quarter, particularly when you've been able to count on him to at least get back to the line of scrimmage. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I mean, and it may go back to – Teams just have a different feel defensively. They may just call it differently when they know Jenkins is in the game. Hey, I'll tell you this, though, Charlie. You know, it's it's amazing. We're focusing so much on the run game, in which we should. I mean, because Jenkins is probably the best in the league. I think it goes back to the, to the, the point of this game tonight is how we do against Jackson Dart. And when you start thinking about where he has been good and you start thinking about Bryce Young last year and some of the really good quarterbacks that we've seen in the past couple of years – Where's the area that they have been very, very good? And that's the middle of the field, 10 to 20 yards down the field. That's his highest graded area. Jackson Dart completes 73% of his passes when the average depth of target is between 10 and 20 yards down the field and in between the numbers. Now, here's the thing. He's 73% also from inside of 0 to 10 yards, 73% in the middle of the field. He attacks the middle of the field exceptionally well 
Here's also something I thought was really interesting, too. When you start looking at 10 to 20 yards down the field, he completes 62% of his passes to the right and 58% to the left. And he throws more to the right than the left. So he's more comfortable throwing to the outside right numbers than the outside left numbers. And 0 to 10 is the same way, too. He completes 72% to the left, 79% to the right. And so he's a little bit of a right-handed style of quarterback. But let me tell you, man, that's the thing that worries me more than anything tonight is maybe Jenkins gets hit for a one-yard loss, and then the next play it's play action, and they get somebody loose across the middle. So much is made in football about third-down conversions. And who can pick up the first down when you got to have it? One of the things, though, that I think sometimes we miss is that you have to get to third down before you face a third-down conversion. Ole Miss in league games, one of the best teams in the conference in early conversions. What I mean by that is picking up a first down before you get to a third down. So you pick up the first down on first and second. A lot of that has to do with Dart. I think Dart has completed more big passes. Judkins has had his big runs. But Judkins isn't, to me, this huge you – know, you remember John Avery that played at Ole Miss? And he was the guy that would go 2 2 2 90. Um, Judkins doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. It feels like, in most games, the biggest play potential comes from Jackson Dart. Yeah, that's the thing about their receivers, man. They've got Watkins, Wade, Harris. I mean, they've, they've got some guys. I mean, Prescorn, the tight end, caught some balls last week working the middle of the field. I mean, they definitely have some – they've got some targets out there. One other note I thought jumped out, and I think this may go to pace of play. Ole Miss has less motion in their offense than anybody we will see all year. If you look at LSU, for example, they, they are the team in the league that uses motion in their offense more than anybody. 31% of their offensive plays. We, by contrast, are at about 19%. Ole Miss, less than 8% of their plays using motion. Barely shifting. They're a team that gets to the line and runs the play. Yep, and it kind of you know, throws that whole thing about how, uh, <laughs> how important a lot of that stuff is. And, you know, sometimes it's big, sometimes it's not. You know, that was the big thing last year we kept. The phrase that I just despise is this phrase, eye candy. Give the defense something to look at. Give the defense something to look at. Well, Lane Kiffin isn't wasting time giving the defense something to look at other than the play being run. So it'll be interesting to see there. Um, Bart, uh, any final thoughts for you on this ball game? Well, Charlie, I'm going to – usually that one extra thing, and here's the big thing for me, all right? And that's don't be stupid. And we talk about this every year. Don't try to make something more than it is, all right? This is a big football game. It is a big football game. But the last thing you need is somebody out there throwing a punch or doing something late or doing something stupid. You don't need any drop passes. We had way too many drop passes last week. We had – I mean, we were killers of our own self a lot of times, self-inflicted wounds last week against Southern Miss. Now, a lot of those guys catching the balls may be sitting there saying, hey, what's this oblong thing flying at my face right now? I'm not used to getting the pass thrown in my direction. I mean, that may be one of the big keys. But in this game, you're looking at two of the worst four teams in the SEC at penalty yards per game. We're being penalized 59 and a half yards per game. Ole Miss 64 yards a game. We're 11th worst in the league in penalty yards a game. Ole Miss is 13th. And so this is a game tonight where do not hit past the whistle. 
don't do anything stupid and don't kill yourself with penalties, illegal motions, whatever. Just don't do anything stupid. And that goes for the fans too. I mean, and I think that's one of the great things about this rivalry going back to campus because when it was in Jackson back in the 1980s, you had a bunch of fans from both schools that went down there and everybody started jawing and then you had a lot of situations. But there are a lot of Mississippi State fans that will not go to Oxford. There's a lot of Ole Miss fans that will not come to Startville. And so somebody's going to pop something off at you tonight when they're walking down the road, some you know drunk kid with pom-poms in his back pocket, just shut your mouth and just go about your way. That's my advice for tonight for everybody. On the field and off the field, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. That would be, you know, Sam Purcell likes mottos for his basketball team. I think if I were a coach, that'd be mine. Don't be stupid. Uh, here's my thing to look for tonight. Last week, Nathaniel Watson had the huge game. He had 21 tackles. He had 10 sacks. He's top of the league. He's going to have to have a big night. And if we decide to bring pressure with Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson, they're going to have to get there. They're going to have to be disruptive, and they're going to have to walk. If we're going to win this game, it's going to have to be, maybe not number-wise, but in terms of dominance. And in a game like we saw last week, it has to be a repeat of what they did against Southern Miss. The other thing, though, is this is a game where you need Nathan Pickering, a game where you need Jaden Crumity. And the thing that – I would say to watch out for today, and I think this is one of the reasons that we're lucky to have a guy like Greg Knox, is where is this team mentally going to be if we fall behind? Where is this team going to be if we go down 10 points in the second quarter? And I think I don't want to know the answer to that because I think it's imperative that we not find ourselves in that position. I think it is imperative that we have ourselves in this game, in a one-score type game, Otherwise, I just think it's with everything going on. First of all, you know I hate senior nights. I despise senior nights uh, because, you know, I think back to 15, you know, Dak's final game, and by the time everybody's finished crying, we're down three touchdowns. So we'll deal with that, but I think it's important that this team perform well early and hang around, and I, I just think it's absolutely imperative that we have have some big plays. I don't think Ole Miss is a great football team, but I think they're really, really good. And I think they have the ability to get in your head a little bit as a defensive team just because it comes at you so fast and in so many different ways. But for me, if we're going to win, it's going to take a big game from Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson. Yep, I agree with that. Hey, Charlie, we've got to make some picks this week. Here's we are. Here's where we are on picks right now is you are two up on me. Over the season, I don't think you realize this, you are 29 and 22. And, of course, all of our picks come against the spread. So this is not like we're just picking winners. You're 29 and 22. I'm 27 and 24. And so we both have, have done okay this year. And these picks are brought to you by our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how the, this Mississippi company can help you out, whether it be AV equipment, audio visual, whether it be computer security, whether it be security for your exterior, lighting. They can do it all at Howard Technology Solutions. It's located down in Laurel. Laurel and they've got a lot of different plants in South Mississippi, but it's based in Jones County. And so go to howardcomputers.com. All right, Charlie. First game this week, Missouri is a seven and a half point favorite at Arkansas. I'm going to go Missouri. 
I am too. I just think, you know, seven and a half is not that big. Arkansas has not played. I mean, just Arkansas is Arkansas. But on the road at Arkansas, seven and a half, I am going Arkansas. Kentucky in the rivalry matchup on the road at Louisville. Louisville is a seven-point favorite. Wait a minute. I want to go back because first you said you were going Missouri, and then you just said you're going Arkansas. And I don't want you playing this ambiguity against me later. No, Arkansas is not very good, so I'm going Missouri. Now, give me the second game again. Kentucky at Louisville. Louisville is a seven-point favorite. Kentucky. I'm going Kentucky, too. I think Louisville wins the game, but I'm not sure they do it by seven. All right, Texas A&M is on the road at LSU. LSU is an 11-point favorite. Oh, I'm going LSU, and I'd make it a double play if I could. Are you really? I'm actually picking A&M. I think A&M loses, but I don't think it's by 11. Alabama is 14-and-a-half-point favorite at Auburn. Who you got? 14 and a half makes life a little bit harder. Uh, Alabama. I am too. I'm going Bama. I watched Auburn play last week. They looked absolutely terrible. Vanderbilt is at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 27-point favorite. Well, that's just, man, that gets in the danger territory, but it is Vanderbilt, so give me Tennessee. I said the same exact thing. I am never betting with Vanderbilt again. Of course, we're not betting. We're just picking. Florida State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite without their quarterback at Florida. Florida State, six-and-a-half-point favorite in Gainesville. I'm going to pick Florida. I am too. I think think Florida State may win the game, but it ain't going to be by much. And so I'm picking Florida as well. So six-and-a-half, Florida State the favorite. All right, Georgia is a 24-point favorite at Georgia Tech. Georgia is going to win big. Okay. I think Georgia wins big too, but I don't think they cover the 24. I'm going Georgia Tech. Clemson is a seven-point favorite on the road at South Carolina. Clemson is going to score as many as they can. I'm going Clemson. I am too. I'm going Clemson as well. South Carolina is just not good. And I think Clemson's beginning to figure it out. Okay, in our game, we never picked the winner. We just picked the over-under. And the over-under in our game is, is 54 and a half. Oh, boy, that's a tough one for me. But I am going over. Okay, I'm going under. You know, this game started out when it opened at 61, like 61, 61 and a half. It's been bet down to 54 and a half. And so I'm going to stay under in this game. And so those are our picks. And so anyway, those picks brought to you by our good friends at Howard Technology Solutions. Also, hey, listen, going to campus today, Stop by and see our friends at Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com. You can order it online. The Christmas gift time is here. And so you can get all the great Bulldog swag from our good friends at Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace right next to campus. And so go to maroonandco.com and uh, get that uh, good, good Christmas sweater for your favorite niece or nephew or cousin or uncle, whatever you need, at maroonandco.com. And type in the code NIL10, and you'll get a 10% discount. Or if you go by the store, they'll give you that 10% discount. All you got to say, the code NIL10, and they'll take off 10%, and they'll send 5% to the Bulldog Initiative. All right. Some would say, though, the deck is stacked against us in this one. As for me, well, yeah, it probably is. But that's why you play them, so you see what happens. We'll get back together tomorrow. We'll have a Friday coffee, kind of look back at this ball game. And depending on how it goes, spend more time perhaps looking forward to the pivotal matchup with Nichols State 
in basketball, which will become more pivotal if this doesn't go our way. Uh, thanks for hanging out on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. We'll talk to you tomorrow.